What was it like for you when you left home? What was it like for you when you left home? If I just left the question there, all different kinds of answers maybe would come up. For some of you, it would be very straightforward. I was strapped in my car seat and I was brought here. But depending on where you're at in your life, there's a lot of different ways of answering that question. Think over the course of our lives how many times and how many different ways we leave home. And sometimes that's literally when we leave, I think probably for many of us, maybe college, but for some people it's earlier than that. Maybe you moved as a family to the home you grew up in, the home that was really special to you, maybe you had to say goodbye to. But there's other ways of leaving home as well, of course. Maybe beginning a marriage, leaving home. Even if you're living on your own then, you're leaving what you've known into something new. Sometimes we leave the home of a relationship. For whatever reason, we can't stay in it. And we find ourselves on our own and leaving the home that we knew. We can leave home from the career path that we're on. We can leave a job that has become home to us. Maybe sometimes after years or decades of being there. We can leave home in a very personal, interior kind of way. Where maybe we finally decide to let go of something we've been carrying around for a long time. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to a loved one. And they're leaving us, but what it feels like to us is that we're the ones who are leaving that comfortable, warm, loving home. I'm mentioning all of this because if tonight's feast means anything, it tells us that if you really want to encounter Christ, you have to leave home. And there's no other way to go about it. These kings, these wise men, whatever you want to call them, can translate that word differently. Out of all the different ways Matthew could have told the story, out of all the different little spotlights he could have chosen to shine on the baby Jesus and the family, he highlights this particular visit. It doesn't mean he didn't know about the shepherds and everything Luke talks about, but he highlights these three wise men, we'll call them. Now think about what it means for them. We focus on where they get and they come to Jesus and frankincense and myrrh and all of that. But look at it from their perspective for a minute. Think of how far they've come. They didn't have to do that. They're not Israelites. They're not Jews. They don't know Jesus from Shinola, but they have this sense of we've got to leave. We've got to go. Now what led to that? What is it that leads us to leave home? And let's be brutally honest, sometimes we're just dragged out of the home that we have. Sometimes it's no choice of our own, kicking and screaming. But in some sense, that's the power of the question. Because it isn't just do we leave home, but it's how we leave home. And so there they are. Well, for one thing, they're attentive, right? They're open, they're receptive. And when the moment comes, when that nudge or that kick in the pants, or in this case, that lure, comes, they're able to get up and leave. But we shouldn't imagine that it was an easy journey for them. Physically, it wasn't a short distance at all, probably across a pretty long stretch of desert at a time when traveling on your own was hardly a safe thing to do. But when the moment comes and they recognize it, and they recognize it because they are at least open in mind and heart, 
they leave. They leave home and they go on a journey. And so what have the journeys for you been like, your home-leaving journeys? Are they hard? Are they arduous? Have they been short? Sometimes they're quick. Sometimes they can go on for a long, long time. And almost certainly for some of us in this room, we're very much still on the journey. And maybe it feels rapid or maybe it feels like a slog. But there they are. They leave home and they travel a long way. And another thing to be aware of is it's a journey that is often fraught with dangers. And sometimes we recognize those dangers and sometimes we don't. And the danger for our wise men friends here is precisely with what's Herod up to. And they don't know necessarily. But there's a little hint that suggests maybe they do. Because if you read it carefully, the way Matthew tells the story, it's brilliant. When they first show up on the scene, we're told that Herod and all his wise men, all the scribes gather, all Jerusalem is troubled by this news. So it's a very public thing when Herod says to them, hey, why are you here? Who are you looking for? And once he hears, oh, we've come to see the king. Now his own fear goes through the roof because he's the current ruler. Now, if you look at the text very carefully, he acquires of them secretly, it says. So just imagine this. They announce to everyone, hey, we're here to see the new king of the Jews. And Herod says, yeah, come here. Come over here. Let's go in the shadows because I've got a little task for you. And maybe that was enough to set off the radar of these wise men. Imagine that. You come and you give a big public announcement and everybody's listening and suddenly you get dragged into the shadows. Hey, when you see this kid, come and see me. But in any event, when we leave home, there often are dangers. Some of them easily recognized, some of them not so much. Sometimes the greatest dangers are the ones we don't want to hear. So we're very good at not listening to them, not seeing them, even when they're right in front of our face. Sometimes people who know us well and love us well are screaming in our ears, don't go there, don't step there, don't sign on that line, don't go any further in that relationship. But for all kinds of reasons, we don't always recognize the dangers when they are there. That's why I'm saying when we go to God, these things matter because it isn't just about our own human efforts. Grace matters. Prayer matters, the sacraments matter, and especially the community that we form as the body of Christ, the advice that we get from the people who share in this mission with us. It's worth listening to and asking for. And so then they come, finally, they encounter Jesus. This is it. And they follow this sign, they follow this star. I'm willing to put my astronomy background on hold and accept that the star traveled ahead of them, That's fine. The fact of the matter is, whatever sign they were following, boom, here it is. Look here. And when they get to that moment, what do they have? They have generosity, right? Here, take our treasures. When we leave home, when we travel the long journey, when we somehow negotiate the dangers, whatever they might be, and it's okay if it's one step forward and two steps back, we're human. But when you have that sense of, okay, this is where God is calling me to go. This is the relationship he's asking me to be faithful to. This is the old memory he's asking me to let go of. This is the new possibility he's inviting me to embrace. 
then be generous. Be generous almost to a fault. Be generous with time, with attention, with integrity. And that's easier said than done. I know that. But that's why we've got this beautiful feast to hold up to us. It's not just, oh, wasn't that great? These three wise men did that thing 2,000 years ago. And then finally, I would just say, if we leave home, if we're willing to go on that journey because we're following this nudge from God, and I get it, there's lots of temptations to leave and take wrong turns. It's not like every single voice we hear is necessarily the voice of God. So that's what discernment is all about. That's why we test things, we talk about them, pray over them. We can take baby steps on the journey away from home most of the time. It's not all or nothing. But to trust that if we enter into that in good faith, we're not going to be led on a wild goose chase. But when they do encounter Christ, and whatever that's looked like for you, maybe it's the relationship that you've started, maybe it's the one that you've freed yourself from, maybe it's the direction that you've been following, and you've been able to respond with some generosity, you've been able to, in the face of fear or worry or confusion, nevertheless invest yourself, then expect to be changed. Expect to be changed. And you see that in the wise men, right? Famously. They don't go back the way they came. Again, Matthew didn't have to give us that little detail, but it's a subtle way of saying If you've worked through the dangers on that long journey, then you really can have freedom. You really can look at things in a way you hadn't seen them before. And you can come back an entirely different person, even if you physically come back to the same place. Though most of us know after you chalk up enough years under your belt, a lot of times the place is different and we are different. The consistency there is God. And that ultimately is the lesson of the epiphany. So maybe just as a little spiritual exercise this week, kind of go through the home leavings you've experienced over the course of your life. Maybe it's just been one or two, maybe it's been quite a few. And just ask yourself, what's that journey been like? Maybe you're proud of that journey, maybe not so much. Maybe there are things you regret. But we're never beyond the range of help and conversion and healing. And if there's any home leavings on your horizon, if there's a little nudge in the year 2023 where God is saying, hey, here's my sign. Go off on the journey. Don't be afraid of the danger and expect to be changed. Then I can't think of a more powerful or beautiful resolution. If we truly want to encounter Christ as Christians in this spiritual life, we have to leave home.